You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, you got to listen in every Tuesday to stay up to date on the most recent medication therapy topics. Game Changers creates awareness about pharmacotherapy and clinical practice changes that can significantly impact pharmacy practice. Every Tuesday, a new episode of Game Changers is published on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. And always remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare. Today, we live at a unique point in human history where data is becoming the new currency. Beyond oil, dollars, and social status, data is emerging as one of the most powerful and consequential currencies around the globe. Technology, computer processing, cloud storage, and artificial intelligence are empowering these data to transform zeros and ones into insightful and even profound realizations about almost every aspect of our lives. I'm John Nasta. And this is FutureDose.Tech. Technology, pharmacy, and better healthcare delivery. By creating more efficient, higher quality concierge-like pharmacist services, we can transform from the pharmacist of yesterday into the future provider of pharmacy tomorrow. FutureDose.Tech is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello, Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Dave Berkowitz coming to you from the Future Dose Tech Podcast, and I'm uh, super excited today. Um, today, my guests are Ravi Patel. He is a professor at the University of Pittsburgh. And also on this podcast today, I have Brittany Stoudemire. She is a student at the University of Pittsburgh um, School of Pharmacy. And today, we're going to be talking about something that I'm uh, personally very passionate about. It's, it's student involvement in hackathons and just the general uh, value of hackathons in terms of uh, educating pharmacy students and students um, um, as a whole. So uh, Ravi, um, thank you for coming on today and thank you, Brittany, as well. But Ravi, um, can you give me some background on like sort of the genesis of having a hackathon for pharmacy students and um, you know the, the genesis for it and, and what the structure looks like? Yeah, thank you, David, for that great question to queue up and for having us here today with you and your listeners. Uh, hackathon, for those who may not be familiar, is an event that brings together a variety of participants who come from potentially different backgrounds, usually around a theme or a topic. So you'll see hackathons that are traditionally associated with building things or uh, offshoot of hackathons include things like game jams, where you can create a game in that short period of time, or even data jams, where people are given a data set and given a period of time to come up with whatever uh, conclusions they can. With the hackathon at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, which is where I live currently in regards to my work, we're really excited about bringing new ideas more from just an idea stage, but into practice. And as 
big, I'm sure you know, when it comes to folks who are working in data or with technology, or as students like Brittany try to keep me up to date with what's happening in the world, the, the world moves fast and healthcare tries to keep up with it. But technology, engineering, these are fields that are associated most traditionally with hackathons. People are used to tinkering or fixing things in these different disciplines. And I think that a hackathon is a great application to healthcare in that it's very opportunity rich. There are a lot of things that we can fix and improve. And we already have great people like yourself, David, as well as and have them come up with really great ideas in 24 to 48 hours. We're very lucky that we've been able to do that for the last couple of years now with the Pit Challenge Hackathon. And it's because of the great work like our students, like Brittany here, that make it possible. But it's really driving new ideas, feeling okay that if you fail, you fail fast, and that the ideas that you come up with are good and you can keep building on it. Really cool. Um, Brittany, what's your, what's your role so far? How, what's your, your involvement look like? So I've had the pleasure to work with the Pit Challenge Hackathon ever since about November of last year, so November 2019. Um, I was a spectator last year at the event and I thought, wow, like there's just so many creative minds here all these different people interacting. And I was like, this is such an awesome experience to really see and actually implement and see in action. So I have the honor to be asked to join the team this year where I now serve as the student lead on behalf of the Pit Challenge team. So with that, we have 11 members currently organizing this event. And we have three faculty, including Ravi himself, and then also Dr. Amir Ali and Matt Friedhoff. And then we have seven other students. So there's two CS students and five pharmacy students. Um, so a nice little diverse background because we want to have both people who are coming from more of that information technology area and then also healthcare since we are a healthcare oriented hackathon. So my role specifically is kind of more so oversight and seeing things. So whether it's kind of working within the team, making connections that way, or also reaching out to all the student participants, judges, mentors, and then kind of the random things that you know you're going to come up with anything that happens with an event. So, you know, putting out fires are great at doing right. that. <laughs> Just going along with the flow of things. So get to engage with a lot of people, which I thoroughly enjoy working with. So. And can you remind me, when is the hackathon taking place? So it's quickly approaching. It is October 23rd through the 25th. So it lasts 44 hours in total, starting that Friday at 7 p.m. and ending Sunday the 25th at 3 p.m. So if I were a student, let's say, uh, here at Mass College of Pharmacy in Boston, could I, is there a way for me to participate or is there a way for me to like virtually listen in to, to the happenings of the hackathon? Absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about being virtual. You know, we kind of have all been thrown into this virtual realm this past year, but we have up to 38 different institutions participating in the pit challenge with at least three of them being international. Well, so this cool. is the most different universities that we've ever had, which is something that I probably take the most pride in getting to see all those networks really being formed. So more information is currently available at pitchallenge.com. So P-I-T-T then challenge.com, um, where you can find out more about our sponsors, specific tracks that we have going on, and then event details. 
The rest of the platform is going to be a mix of being YouTube live stream, Zoom, and then we have a Discord channel to kind of tie it all together. Just because we are kind of all over the place, we want to make sure that we have the easiest way possible for students to navigate from point A to point B. David, I really like that question. I appreciate you asking it because it's the idea of a hackathon, really the spirit and culture around the event is that even if you don't have experience in say technology, or even if you only are starting in your studies as a clinician or for clinicians who are in practice, hackathons are meant to be really approachable. And mm -hmm. the amazing thing that Brittany and the team have done is to make an event like the Pitch Challenge Hackathon, a positive experience, if not an attractive experience for newbies to the world of either hacking, technology, or healthcare. And so, again, I, I tip my hat to the amazing work of our student team to bring together so many different folks from so many different institutions who may be doing this for their first time or maybe experts and just want to work with the other people who are like-minded and passionate about solving these kinds of problems. So when you, uh, if you could walk me through the logistics, so when you, when you said that other colleges and even international universities are taking place, does that mean that they're also going to be um, presented with a number of different problem statements to try to hack? Um, and then they'll be actively submitting ideas for, for, to be considered as, as the winner? Absolutely. So no matter what the time zone is, you know, it's the same exact start time. So I guess 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to be more specific. Um, that's when everyone will log in on their computers and then we'll go kind of walking through everything sorted together. We have a mix of other virtual events and games. So we have a workshop, which is super exciting. We're gonna have a smoked meats workshop. We take pride in that. Matt Freehold loves it. So, you know, he's gonna be on a camping trip that weekend and you, you get to see it in action. We're hoping that there's no bear attacks. We had a whole conversation about this last night. Fingers crossed, we know what to do. If it does happen, if anything, that's just a more exciting twist. Wait, wait. So I could hack healthcare and smoke meat at the same time? Yeah, you have to throw in a little bit of fun variety. You know, <laughs> these students, they're putting in all this hard work, coding all day, all night. Who really wants to be on a computer for 44 hours straight? Like, personally, like, my eyesight would be gone. That blue light is so bad for you. But, you know, we try to break <laughs> it up, have more of these interacting, engaging things. So we have various workshops, whether it's your healthcare student and need to learn more so how to code. We have a basic workshop for that. Also, kind of on the flip side, giving more of the educational aspects for those who are more data-oriented to learn more about the healthcare problems of today. And then, like I said, a nice mix of things to kind of just have fun with it. So whether that's smoked meats, we're <laughs> having a scribblio game. So, you know, you're going to be drawing and guessing that among us. Um, and I don't want to you know, we just love all the different games. We're, we're having fun with it. Okay, so... Um... So it sounds like, so it sounds like there's um, a whole suite of of of, of um, opportunities, not just the hackathon, which is cool. In terms of like, if I was a team in Massachusetts, say on this day in October, early October, are there any? Um, what I'm curious about is like, it's cool that it's engageable. You know, it, it sounds like you know, it's it's you know low stress environment. But if I like want to win, is there any? Any, um, any education that's done prior to the hackathon to teach uh, potential teams about design thinking or innovation? Or do you just show up and, and you're there 
I guess, how do I, how do we help? How, is there any support to ensure the team is like putting out, putting their best foot forward and, and producing something that has like real value? Absolutely. So in no way whatsoever, do we want any students to feel like they are going to sink, swim, drown. It's not that kind of environment, kind of really helping to elevate everybody. So the week prior to the hackathon um, on October 17th, time is still being finalized, but more details should be posted to our website, pitchallenge.com here soon. Um, but with that, this is a, a time we're going to have both a synchronous and asynchronous portion that kind of goes over what is a hackathon, walks you through it, kind of more so explains those ideas. That way those who do have no experience or say are freshmen coming into college, they're not walking off the deep end saying, what the heck did I just get myself into? That plus with it being a virtual platform, unfortunately you don't have that time at the very beginning of the hackathon to walk around, truly meet people in person. Cause there's a real feeling of, you know, oh, I really connect with this person just talking to them. But I feel like that can often get lost in the transition of just talking virtually over the computer. So we have an event specifically designed to help match people together and figure out who is more so like-minded, where can we partner, different areas of ex expertise. So yes, you can obviously come into the hackathon with your pre-made group and team and do it with your friends. We love it, we support it, but we also support you making and meeting new people. So we can have someone working here in Pennsylvania with someone up in Massachusetts and also all the way in California. So I'm trying to connect those areas of different disciplines and really making sure that people are able to create their best teams possible and kind of just finding who really flows and fits together. And there is a max of four team members um, becoming a group. So that's the only kind of limitation that we have really. Otherwise, the sky's the limit. That's, uh, that's awesome. That sounds, you know, that's, that speaks to, I mean, you, you're doing a hackathon that that is kind of leans on design principles, but the hackathon itself sounds like super well designed and very thought out of, in terms of making it, uh, having the support one needs to be able to, to, um, to feel like they're contributing and, and learning and having fun at the same time. Um, Robbie, can you go over some, uh, what were some of the, how, for how long has this hackathon been going on and what were some of the previous, what were some of the, the ideas that uh, were that were winners in the past, or perhaps even ones that weren't winners that are standouts for you. Yeah, it's an exciting opportunity to say that this is our fourth year doing this event, and each year it's grown a little bit larger. It's gotten a little bit more diverse, and we're really excited to not only have participants who come and have a great time for those twenty-four to forty-eight hours. But those who find an idea, who meet new teammates, and who continue with an idea is just all the more an added benefit. And in our first few years, we've had some great examples of winners who have, say, placed, even if they didn't get first place, things like our own alumni from the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, uh, Colin Wolf, who came up with a pill dispensing phone case, who took the idea and took it to the next level in competition outside of a hackathon and eventually ended up starting a company after graduating or probably while in school and then graduated on to run their own company and that's always a standout example we use but our other examples are interesting even just from last year where we've compiled all the past participants in a book that's accessible 
on our website, pitchallenge.com. But knowing that the top team was comprised of dental students and experts or PhD students in machine learning and a variety of disciplines really stands out that there's a huge diversity of ideas. And it's really the spirit that's meant to be conveyed through the project, not necessarily, oh, we had the coolest looking app or we built the coolest thing, but rather we helped solve a problem in a way that was meaningful to the people who might experience it. Um, really cool to hear about that, the diversity of thought. Um, what, um, are you able to share some of the problems that, that you foresee? Could you share some of the problems or give me like a teaser of some problems that this new upcoming hackathon will be trying to solve or, and or some, some problems that have been fo the focus of past hackathons? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with a, an example because I know Brittany's been working through our various tracks and has a couple of really great points. And I'll share that we're very lucky and should thank again, uh, David, for pre presenting a problem when it comes to being able to post a video. So anyone who wants to learn more about these tracks or even what the problems look like, we try to take problems from practice. So it's not just an idea in a vacuum. And David, if I remember correctly, you talked about automating the, the experience with medication. So how do you make sure that the right medication gets to the right patient, potentially without any human's hands touching it, which I think is great. A common theme that comes from other years past, but is so important even in today's day and age where we even have some tracks related to the current pandemic would be patient reported outcomes. How do we better understand the needs of patients when they're outside of the walls of clinics? And that's just a few that come to mind. Brittany, I'm sure you can share with us some more. Yeah, so other things that we kind of touched about with everything kind of like pandemic, um, we kind of have accelerated about 10 years in the future with everything that's been happening. So really driving telemedicine and how that remote patient interaction also comes to play. So you're seeing all these different pop-up clinics. Um, so it's like, say, I have some kind of infection and you don't want to go to urgent care because you're like, oh, I get exposed to something. How can you have that virtual doctor's appointment to kind of really go through and figure out what's wrong, if there's symptoms, if it is an infection versus if you need cultures or not, and kind of trying to mediate less um, time going out in those places. Other ones include supporting front, um, frontline healthcare workers. So whether that's going to be additional masks, other garbing procedures, kind of what else do people need? And then the full list of our different tracks is also currently available on our website. And as we start to interview more people, we're creating problem videos, as Robbie mentioned briefly earlier, so that way people can actually see how we are affecting the problems of today. And as more of those videos get round out, you can watch them all, if not before the hackathon, during the hackathon. If I was a pharmacist um, right now in practice or you know, someone in technology and wanted to, to uh, as a listener here and wanted to, to uh, you know, perhaps be a mentor to one of the teams, is that, is, would that be a possibility? Absolutely. So we are currently actually still recruiting mentors and judges all the way up to the last minute of the event because anyone who wants to help us, why would we ever hinder making more of those connections? So currently we have started working on the onboarding process of these mentors that we've had, but people who come from different areas of expertise, honestly, are just invaluable to the hackathon itself. 
especially whenever you have someone that's new or even working on different kinds of problems. So what we're doing is we're actually featuring each one of the mentors and sponsors to have their very own channel within our Discord page. That way students can come and engage with the mentors as needed, whether that's just a quick check-in say, hey, I need help with this. They can easily connect whether it's going to be a phone chat, text message, or I guess video chat in that sense. That or even they'll have personal setup, like one hour portions for them to have almost like an office hours that you would see typically with other universities and classes. That way, if you're afraid to kind of reach out, it's an open playing field. That way everyone can go and talk to these people. But if you're interested in becoming a mentor, you can send an email to pitchallengehackathon at gmail.com and then you'll receive a lovely email from either myself or Amir mm -hmm. saying hey we're gonna get you all set up and we'd love to have you become part of our team as well and uh, is that all one word pit challenge hackathon correct got it okay okay I'll send an email later two T's P-I-T-T -T, challenge hackathon really good uh, point <laughs> it's always something we're very conscious of how well we can communicate the double T and I wanted to build on that point, both from your question and to what Brittany describes, uh, just to talk about what the mentors do. As you mentioned, these are potentially participants who may not have a lot of experience in an area or the other benefit of coming to the hackathon is not only networking with the amazing participants that you're teaming up with or potentially challenging for those particular tracks, but also the mentors, the judges, and the sponsors become a part of the network that you experience when you participate. So getting a chance to meet practicing clinicians or meet some technologists who are at the top of their field and working on apps that have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of users is a fantastic experience for participants to build their portfolio, to learn what it's like to uh, practice in that particular area or the incredible output from this kind of an event is the population. So these companies like Google or our large health systems that are sponsoring, get a chance to find where the best ideas and where the best interns may be, or even those who might be best suited for the jobs they have at their institutions. So in addition to having great networking opportunities with the mentors who help provide feedback or any kind of question answers about topic areas, they become a really unique part of an opportunity to participate in something huge. Really salient point. Like that's that's been my experience in, in uh, hackathons and little give myself a little pat on the back that I won my company hackathon this past year. Um, and uh, my take home in general for hackathons is I guess twofold. One, amazing for networking. Just, just uh, you get to have uh, an environment to connect with people that you never would have connected from all kinds of diverse backgrounds. And the other thing that I love about hackathons is just hearing all other people's ideas and perspectives. Like um, in, even when the, my company company's hackathon, there were some ideas that just blew my mind. Like, oh, I never would have thought of that, but that's such a good idea. And that can, you know, then that can sort of snowball, right? You can, oh, that's a good idea. Well, we can add this on and this on, like, and, and those ideas can grow. So um, that's definitely why I love hackathons. Um, yeah, it's like an Instapot for good ideas. It's just super right. intense, super short period of time, and you come up with some really cool things. And even if it's not really well built out, I mean, when we talk about building apps or building devices, these are made out of cardboard. They're made out of plastic. You can literally draw a paper prototype and try to get your idea across. 
So it really builds on that principle that you have to show, don't tell. And that's mm-hmm. where I think problem solving is so valuable. And what I love about the hackathons, you really compress things so that you start saying, I need to do this. And you kind of cut out that fluff that may not be as important, like determining which font I want for this or that. You really cut to the need to say, all right, maybe we don't even need to have this lettering. I should just put a picture of a check mark for yes. That's the real fun that comes out of it. And David, I wanted to just share the idea that when you start adding some of those constraints and you start cutting out some of the things that make ideas not work, that's where a lot of the fun comes in. Oh, that's, a, that's true, true, yeah. Constraints are definitely, the real world constraints are definitely like, you know, problematic when you when you actually go to, to create some of this technology. But getting back to that, I love your, your that's a very um, salient point about, about um, what was your previous point it was on um i think the takeaways i talked way too much there <laughs> no no it's all good no it's all good uh certainly i could have interrupted but um was oh i remember it was you made a you made a comment about uh about showing not you know showing your work and that's something that i always say is is one of my mottos is a demo is worth a thousand words and when you can actually show somebody you know what your what your idea is um that that showing for me is always more powerful and it has been in my career anyway um little background on on a relationship a little segue here robbie because you and i met i feel like a number of years ago and it was i think it was through a friend tim angst i believe and and we got we connected over i was at the time teaching my students python and for those who haven't uh, heard of Python, that's a uh, computer language that can be used for data science. And you are teaching your students and you still remain te- uh, teaching your students uh, Python. Um, so I wanted to just, uh, I wanted to get like, what, what are your thoughts of what's your experience been in, in, in sort of the intersection of pharmacy and technology and what's your philosophy for teaching pharmacy students more about technology? Well, that's a great question of this day and age. And I'm, I'm happy to have Brittany as a representative of the amazing future that we have in pharmacy. And that's why I love this intersection of the work. She was actually a part of our inaugural class when we first started teaching uh, that particular topic. And so she saw probably the best and the worst together as we tried to refine it and make it work better. The reason I love it as an area is because it's making cycles shorter So in terms of new technology that comes out, things come out faster in terms of what pharmacy can do, whether it's our current student pharmacist or our colleagues practicing pharmacy today. Folks like Tim Onks are people I strive to keep up with in terms of being able to understand and contextualize where technology fits. But I think it comes to a more broader understanding that a lot of what we learn or a lot of what we do is a component of either memory or rote and repetition. And a future in both healthcare and technology should emphasize the process of learning and relearning, if not unlearning. So rather than focusing on the things that you do day in and day out, or just that big stack of facts that I've memorized, being able to understand how it's beneficial and how if I don't know whether something's beneficial or not, I can learn. And I think technology and what pharmacy can develop from technology is a huge takeaway. And I feel like the work of students like Brittany, not only putting together the hackathon, but also in some of her research and what she's been able to accomplish in three and a half very short years, 
as it, it always keeps me motivated. I want to throw to her too about technology and practice. I'd love to hear from a student perspective, someone who'll be practicing in what, eight months? What do you think the future oh, yeah, of technology for us looks like? <laughs> so soon, too soon. Um, well, yeah, do you mind? Yeah. Sorry, I want to interrupt because I did have, I'm going to ask that question uh, <laughs> next. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. think about that. But first, I want to, before we get that to that question, I want to ask you, like, what's been your perspective in so far on um, technology? Like, how, how has learning more about technology impacted your education? And, uh, and why do you think it's been valuable for you for for your education and then i want to hear about where you think pharmacy is going in terms of technology so i wanted to make sure we, we i wanted to get that question out and then we could talk about the future great point no, no, thank you oh you guys are good um so yeah i feel like i have kind of taken this dive into data ever since my freshman year of college so even before pharmacy I did um, first experiences in research where I got partnered with the Department of Biomedical Informatics and from there kind of have just stuck with it. So it's very interesting to see all the different ways that it can apply to your learning, whether you're seeing it specifically in the research aspect or also in events at, such as the hackathon. I think that there's a realm for technology and the use of data in almost any field, especially as like you're moving forward into the future, like you just see from like the time that I was born, even to now, the growth of technology is just kind of crazy. Um, but for me, I feel like at least education wise, it was very easy to pair with my studies because it's like, yes, clinical, you need to know certain disease states, guidelines, things like that. Well, when you're actually looking at patients, you know, how are you going to track them? And if you're collecting all these, this data, what are you going to do with it? You know, the data source and whatever data you're using is only as relevant as what you're able to produce and interpret and kind of get out of it. So having, learning both at the same time, I think par like parallels very well for both academically in school and also applying it to your future practice. So I'm still kind of figuring out my, where my specific belonging and calling is after graduation. I think a lot of us students are, but the skill sets and um, just like the way you process and comprehend data and how you use it versus actually doing the coding and physically working with it itself. I think both prepares you to have more of an analytical mindset and with that kind of have more of a broad scope of being like, okay, well, yeah, this is a problem, but what are we going to do about it? How are you going to go from point A to point B to really solve these problems and kind of have that different outside problem solving abilities? So I think that's kind of the value that I have gained from it personally and can also definitely see becoming a big asset moving forward. That was such a perfect answer. I love that answer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, really well said. Uh, and now can you get back to, now that I hijacked that, uh, that, that question, can you get back to Ravi's question? Do you want to repeat it, Ravi? Was it, uh, where do you think the pharmacy technology is going? What was your question, yeah. if you remember? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because, David, you and I have a perspective of practice now. And the thing I love asking folks like Brittany, who will be joining practice really quickly, is what pharmacy or what practice could be and how does technology play a role in it? So I think technology is going to be an even bigger role than we ever imagined it to be. 
because as I kind of alluded to earlier, with the whole pandemic and everything, we have accelerated 10 years into the future, having that already push for telemedicine and companies that were going to go bankrupt in 10 years, they kind of were unfortunately forced to become bankrupt now. So with that, you know, this is the perfect time to kind of just drive and jump in. Um, you know, as you said, I'm graduating here very soon, but by doing that, you're kind of putting yourself into the forefront of really accelerating your career growth in that sense and aspect, because all these different new emerging technologies are going to be developing and coming out. And we're really on the forefront of a new era, I feel like I have to say. So what that specifically looks like, I can't predict the future. I don't think anyone quite knows, but it's definitely about to be a big change out there. And I feel like the opportunities are kind of limitless. So very excited to be coming out into this field and kind of seeing what all there is to offer and happen. Yeah, and having a chance to work with students like this who can share that times 100 is why I'm so excited for what the future holds. I mean, it's really based on the enthusiasm just in that answer alone. I love that. Agree, agree. Yeah, and it's, it is a, it's um, from, my, um, from my perspective, and I like to, to sort of like do play like thought experiments in my own head about like what happens like you I was helping to teach my students Python but then I like to think about what happens when a computer can code Python for you and then what what are my what are my skills that are going to be able to keep me with a fulfilled career if I'm focused on Python and now that now Python's not necessary anymore so what I love about the, the pharmacy education and how holistic that you're you're treating the pharmacy education is you know the core is still pharmacy you're exposing students to technology but even as technology evolves the core the core aspect of pharmacy curriculum which is you know pretty much based on patient care empathy those those skills will always be valuable for patients no matter how much is automated and i think right now there's there's going to be a lot of opportunity to help automating a lot of these uh, different medication use processes. And that's why we need pharmacy students who have a good tech background because someone with subject matter expertise needs to be able to build those tools. But once those tools are, are built, our, us as pharmacists will still be able to lean back on our, on our experiences, um, helping guide patients uh, and improve their you know, medication therapies. Um, um, and, you know, I guess go back to our core responsibilities of health patient. I think that's ultimately what all of us want as pharmacists is to automate as much as possible because a lot of that automation actually is possibly safer for patients and get to a place where we can maximize the amount of time we have at the bedside and maximize the amount of time we have, um, you know, remotely connecting with patients if that's the way that we're going to be able to, to communicate with patients. And um, that was my sort of final word on, on our discussion. Um, Ravi, do you have any last words or Brittany? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll throw up to build on your point. I think what you're really highlighting well is the idea that technology can help make the human side of practice more human. Exactly. Being able to try and see what makes that automation possible or what makes scale possible by trying and failing small so that when it gets into those high stake implementation or super important moments of 
patient care that's being supplemented by this technology or clinical decision support. That's the, that's the principles that we like to highlight with education or just experiences like the hackathon that I know pharmacy can leverage and make the best of. Totally. Brittany, any last thoughts? Um, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head there. I don't know quite how much I could add to that specifically, but I know I want to at least say personally, thank you so much for having both Ravi and myself come speak about the pit challenge. And it was just such a pleasure and joy getting to talk to you here today. Likewise. Yeah. And thank you, Ravi. Thank you, Brittany, for, for spending some time with me. And uh, you can expect an email from me at to pit challenge. That was a pit challenge.com. So yeah, our website is pitchallenge.com, pit with two T's, and then emails itself can be directed to Pit Challenge Hackathon. Pit Challenge Hackathon, okay. <laughs> Expect an email from me after this uh, uh, so I can be a mentor for, for, for a team. Awesome, cool. I can't wait to harass you with more emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again and uh, enjoy the hackathon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to futuredose.tech. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this podcast on your favorite social media outlets. Be sure to stay connected to the Pharmacy Podcast Network and return for your next futuredose.tech episode coming soon. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>